this week on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making Podcast. We're going to be joining Jesse White for a special episode called The Bridge Class, bridging the gap between church and home through discipling your kids. Welcome, everybody. Thank you guys for coming. I'm going to go ahead and get started, and as people just trickle in, they can kind of catch up with us, Um, but I want to be respectful of your time. So welcome to the first ever bridge class. Well, technically the second, because we had a 9 a.m. one too. But um, the first time we've ever done the bridge class. I appreciate you guys being here and letting me just share my passions as the kids ministry director with you. I am the director here at Emmaus and have been from the beginning, so about nine years. And um, I really enjoy what I do. I also work with two other Ladies, Rebecca, who is our associate direct director, and then Catherine, if you serve in the kids ministry, you know her because she's our scheduling coordinator. But welcome. Know that I am a parent just like you are, so I am in the trenches with you. I am finding joy in parenting and exhaustion, so I am with you, and um, I don't have it all figured out. I'm just sharing with you some of my insights, some of my um, own personal experiences and just some of the research that I've done myself and myself and some of some of the studies that I've done myself. So, welcome. I'm happy to have you guys and I would love to start out just praying. Dear God, thank you so much for these parents who want to learn to just disciple their kids, Lord. I pray that they have a heart that loves your word and that their kids will also have that same heart, Lord. I pray for salvation for their kids. I pray for salvation um, in their kids' lives, Lord. I just pray that um, as they leave here today that they will feel feel more equipped than when they came in. I pray that any type of intimidation or any type of um, confusion with the Bible will be clearer today. And I pray, Lord, that um, we will just love your word. I pray that you will give us all a passion for um, the Bible. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. This is going to be a little bit interactive here. So you guys have heard over the past few weeks that there's one thing that you guys can do as a parent that will highly influence your kid to be a spiritually healthy adult. Does anybody want to guess at the one thing? I'm going to give you a chance to where later on you can say, I told you. So who's got a guess? There were less people in the nine and there were at least two guesses. Y'all got to be better than them. Anthony, what you got? Loving them, okay. Being spiritually healthy yourself. Okay, so lead by example. Good. Prayer. Prayer. Good. That was one. Those two were in the 9 a.m. too. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible. Okay, good. All right, well, you'll find out. (laughs) All right, so another interactive thing. Tell me, what is your goal? What's your main goal as a parent? There's no wrong answers here. Y'all are your kids' parents. Well, maybe, maybe there are. All right, Jenny. Keep them <laughs> not, maybe not a daily goal. Think of a big-term goal, long-term, long-term. I will help you with that. Today, where are your kids? Somewhere in childcare. We'll keep them alive for you. Anybody else have something a little bit, a little bit more in-depth than that? Good job, Jenny. Make, make them disciples? Good. So teach them to be independent disciples. So, mm-hmm. Good. I like that. Anybody else have a goal? Yeah, that's a good one. So teach them how to love people is what she said. Okay. Anthony said teach them become a, to become a giver instead of a taker. Good. I love those. So today, I hope, my hope is that I can help you guys equip you guys to accomplish some of your goals as as a parent or the main goal as a parent. Um, When you leave here, you will have gotten helpful and practical advice on discipling your kids at home. And you will actually take home resources that go along with our Sunday um, curriculum. You will learn how to do an inductive Bible study. And if you haven't heard of what an inductive Bible study is, you will learn what it is. And then you'll learn to pray as Jesus taught us to pray with your child. And also how to lead your kids to study the Bible on their own. So that's kind of what Garrett said said too. 
We want them to become independent. We want that to be our goal. So we're going to learn how to do that. So we as parents know that we aren't the ones who save our kids. Jesus saves our kids. So we can't do that part. But it's still important to be disciples of our kids. And the reasons it's important is because we want them to grow in their relationship with God. We want them to, to worship him and serve him. And we want our kids to become adults who love and cherish God's word and how to read it. They want, we want them to know how to read it and how to understand it and also how to apply it to our lives. So we can teach them to be givers instead of takers or teach them how to love because all of that is in the Bible. Um, and we are also called to train. We are called to do this. We are called to train up our kids. So as parents, Jesus tells us that we are called. So. I've been intrigued lately and interested in the last few months, probably longer than that, on why kids who grew up in church fall away when they become older, like high school, college age, adults. There's some statistics out there that say a lot of them, while they're Christians when they're kids, they stop going to church. They stop doing the things that they remember doing as a kid, as a Christian kid. I didn't grow up in church. So I don't have firsthand knowledge of why that might happen. Some of you may have grown up in church and then, you know, fallen away and then came back. Maybe you have firsthand knowledge, but I didn't. So I, I researched it. I actually have three kids of my own so I d who are growing up in church. And I don't want them to be that high schooler who doesn't want to follow Jesus or college or adult. And I have 200, over 200 kids under me in the kids ministry. And, you know, my heart is not for them to know Jesus just now. My heart is for them to always know Jesus, always follow Jesus. So I began researching, and this Nothing Less book, it's right here, looks like this, was a great resource to me as I began researching. And they did a study on 2,000 Protestant parents who had adult children, and they, they talked about the spiritual health of their adult children, so they're already adults, and they ranked the spiritual health, and then they shared with us what they did in their childhood, so what they did in their childhood that most highly influenced them. So that's where I got all of this from. Um, and I say all of this, I've actually done a lot of other research on this exact issue, and every single research that I found the same number one thing, it was always the same thing, always. Now two through five kind of varied sometimes and two through 10 varied, but the number one thing was very consistent. So the one thing that had the largest impact on a child's spiritual health as an adult was that the child regularly read their Bible growing up. So that's the one thing. Um, feel enlightened. <laughs> but Let's see what the Bible actually says about this. Hold on, let me X this out so y'all can see the whole thing. So we don't just wanna base everything I do in this class on research because we know that the Bible is better than research, right? Um, the Bible is better than anything, honestly. So I'm gonna answer the who, what, when, why, and how through scripture. I'm gonna walk you through that scripture, but then I'm also gonna take you through those who, what, where, why, when, how practically. So first I'm gonna walk you through scripture and then I'm going to do the practical part of it. So this is Proverbs 1, 8 through 10. It says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. So you can see here that we're going to answer the who and the why. So while this is talking to sons, we can also take... We can, we can learn as parents from this, or soon-to-be parents from this. It says our father's instruction. So fathers are to instruct, and it says our mother's teaching. So mothers are to, in, are, are to teach. So those are your who's, father and mother, very important. We know that as fathers and mothers. Our, t our kids look up to us, um, and no, no matter what, we are teaching them, whether it's the Word of God or what. And then my favorite part should you have a favorite part of a verse? I don't know. I really like this. I really love this part, the way it says, graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. When we read through it, we kind of graze over it if we don't really know what it means. But like when I'm researching, what does that actually mean? And it's an adornment. Like they're showing that. They're showing that great, there's a graceful garland that they're wearing out, outwardly. It's not just something that they're keeping inside. So the, te the teaching that they have, that their mother taught them and then their father taught them, they're wearing it gracefully outwardly. So um, they, 
could be teaching other people. They could be teaching their kids. They could just be showing grace. Um, it's funny that I found that in research because we know that our kids wear everything we teach outwardly. We've seen the kids in the grocery store where we're like, ooh, they're crazy. What's the first thing we think? Their parents are crazy, right? So we see that. We know that, right? Okay. And then we've got the why. So it goes even further. So my, it says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. That right there tells you the why. Why, are you do, why, are, why do you want to teach your kids? It's because if they are tempted, they're not going to consent to that temptation. They're going to flee from that temptation. So you've got a who and a why in Scripture. And then I'll read from Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. A lot of times we hear this whenever we're talking about discipline and fathers provoking their kid. But I really love that this tells us the what. What are we supposed to be What are instructing them on? And it tells us right here, instruction of the Lord. And it's talking to a parent here. So we are to instruct them of the Lord. And then last scripture that I want to walk you through before I get to some of the practical parts is Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So y'all come on in. Y'all can, there's plenty of seats over here. Um, so here we see how important this is. This, this tells us the when and the how. It actually tells us the where too, everywhere. And when the when is all the time. I mean, you can see how diligently they want us to teach our children just from this verse. It's saying, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. It's an all the time type of thing. It's not just a every now and then type of thing. So you can see in scripture how important this is. Um, so reading the Bible is your number one thing, right? That most influences your kids to be spiritually healthy adults. So how are we doing? 89% of American, all American households own a, own a Bible. That doesn't mean churchgoer or anything like that. That's just 89%. That's a pretty great, that's to me, of all Americans, that's a pretty good number. As a matter of fact, an average number of Bibles in each house is 4.1%. So, no, 4.1% total Bibles. So we actually have four Bibles in our house on average. But then you look down at the bottom and it says only 19% of Protestant churchgoers read the Bible daily. Those are churchgoers. And that's a pretty astounding number too, considering that is what our faith is based on, is that Bible. Um, and then another study said that 90, 96% of parents, almost all parents agree that they are the primary shepherds of their kids. We know we are the primary shepherds, right? We know that we are the ones that mostly in, most influence our kids. But 35% of parents said they had not read or discussed the Bible with their children more than a couple of times in the last month. While 35% seems like a low percentage, but that, that's over the last month. And then you add another 20% to that, which gives you a big 55%. They hadn't read or discussed the Bible in the, at all, not, at, not even once or twice in the last month. But we love our kids. Y'all are here. Y'all want to disciple your kids. We want to do what, what is best for them. I know we do. We have a heart for it. So we've got to be doing something. So what are we doing? And according to this book right here, this, the Nothing Less book, this is where these numbers come from. We are mostly, doing, we're mostly relying on just the church to do everything. So we are taking them to church, youth groups, and all of that, which is awesome. It is a great thing. We love having your kids in kids' ministry. And then the, you can see how low the reading the Bible regularly and spending time in prayer is. Those are your personal spiritual activities. So our goal is not to just, not to do one or the other. Our goal is to have, to have it all, right? So we want to come beside you and help you to equip you to do all of these things at home as well, to have that personal spiritual relationship, to teach your kids how to be spiritually mature in a personal way. So the book gave us the one thing, which was what? Reading the Bible. And that they ranked as the most 
influential thing. That was the only thing that was underneath that one category. That was the most. Then they had four other things that were moderately impactful. And then under that was even like, was still impactful. Then they had a ton of things that didn't matter at all. Um, like having dinner, the things that we really think matter, having dinner with your kids, what type of school they go to, all of those things, they were on a different list. So these, these are top four too. I mean, you've got reading your Bible. So if you hear nothing today, read your Bible with your kid. But these other four things are also impactful in your kid's um, spiritual health. So they regularly spent time in prayer, which is really, um, we will teach you today in our family discipleship guide, which I'm going to scoot over here and pull it up so I can use it. You'll get these in a little bit. Um, but in here, we will walk you through what it looks like to pray, and we'll give you prompts to pray with your kid through Scripture. We'll do that with you actually twice each day. And then uh, regularly served in church. That was the next one. Um, we talked about how our kids see what we do, right? Our kids do what we do. Serving in church is something that it has to start with you. Your kid needs to see you serve in church. If you um, aren't serving anywhere in church, I would encourage you to come see me afterwards, or even I can get you in touch with Pastor Travis, who is our pastor of volunteers. I can't, assimilation and something else. Assimilation and, say it, Travis. <laughs> Anyways, he can get you set up to volunteer on a team where you are gifted. Um, if you want to volunteer in the kids' ministry, I would highly encourage you to do that, especially if you have kids in the kids' ministry, y'all. They love seeing their parents serve in the kids' ministry. It is such a blessing, not to them, not just to them, but to the other kids there um, and to me. So see me afterwards. If you're not serving in the kids' ministry, do it. And then three, or which is technically four, they list, primarily listen to Christian music. So we actually have, and you'll see in your discipleship guide as well, an Emmaus Kids Spotify playlist, and we have an Emmaus playlist for the church. So if you look on and Cassie is right there. She set it up for us. So she did the Emmaus playlist, which I listen to all. It's such a blessing to me. It is such a, it's so great to be able to go find the songs that you know and, um, in one place. So thank you, Cassie. And then the last one was participated in church mission trips and projects. So let's get to the practical part of this. Um, who is supposed to do this? We know that parents are the main influencers, right? But know that your church is here for you. We are here to help you. We are called to equip you. So we, if you have questions for us, we are there for you. I want to help you to disciple your kids in the best way you can. And then when do I start? The answer is start now. Start yesterday. Um, even as babies, and I was talking to some people from the 9 a.m. class who had brand new babies, um, he just said, right now, he said, I don't know what to do right now. And, and it seems like, oh, you only have a baby. But he said he just started reading his Bible out loud. When he's reading his Bible, he's reading it out loud while his little baby, who's seven weeks old, is sitting right beside him. And I'm like, that melted my heart. I'm like, yes, that is so perfect. Start now. Start Start reading the Bible over them, reading the, reading the Bible aloud while you're doing your own Bible study. I will walk you through um, some Bibles, age-appropriate Bibles, in a few minutes, but um, it's important to start early. If you have kids who are older and you haven't started doing that yet, it's okay. Just go ahead and start now. Um, they will have to get used to it. You'll have to get them in the routine of it. We would love for you guys to be in a routine to where you're doing it as much as you're I don't know, every day, like brushing your teeth or, I don't know, everybody brushes their teeth every day, right? <laughs> Eating food. How about that? Eating food. Do it. Do it. It is your food. It is your daily bread. Make, make that that. Anyways. <laughs> Y'all make me laugh. All right. Did you know that most Christians come to, most Christians come to know Jesus as a child? And this statistic is actually pretty high. It's not like 51% as a most. It's like 80 or 90%. Um, but here's the thing. We don't just want them to have a surface level faith, right? We want, we want them to be rooted in the word. So hopefully after today, you will feel like you are more equipped to kind of to root your kids in the word of God. So where do I start? 
First, you have to make a commitment to do it if you haven't already. So I like to start with checking the condition of your own heart. So you have to have a heart, and a heart for God's word, a heart to know his word more, a passion for learning about him in order for your kids, in order for you to teach your kids in a way that they will hopefully have a heart for them. Um, talk to your child about it and commit to reading the Bible with them. Like I said, if you haven't started yet, you're going to need to have that conversation. Look, this is, on my, this is on mommy and daddy's heart. I really want to teach this to you. This is why it's important. Talk to them about it. And then maybe you can make a goal or a plan together. Um, you can also follow our Instagram and Facebook page, and you will get encouragement and reminders throughout this. Um, we have this discipleship guide, and we are going to remind you throughout the week, you know, what's next? What are you doing today? So hopefully that will be an encouragement to you. Next, you, can, you need to be consistent. So pick a time of day that is consistent to you. What, excuse me, what do you do every day? Dinner, breakfast, you've got bedtime, even driving. I know driving sounds like, how am I going to do something driving? But there are plenty of things you can do while driving, whether it be your kid reads the Bible, you listen to the Bible. Sometimes we're sitting in carpool. If we have kids that have carpool, that's a perfect time um, to, to just pick a time that you, you do. Whatever you do every day that you can add your Bible time in there, that's what I would, I would say. And I'll say these things to me, this isn't like you have to do it this way. These are things that have worked in my life that I'm just trying to share with you that have worked in my life. Minimize chaos. Chaos. Pick a place that is calm and where your, your child will be able to focus. I'll also add here, pick a time of day when your child, child's not moody or when you're not moody. Maybe it's you. <laughs> um, either way, pick a time that, you know, y'all can all sit down and focus together. Don't pick the most chaotic time I would not pick morning time for my kids because we are running and going and I get up as late as possible in order to get them to school. So, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm glad you're with me there. <laughs> um, pick a time that is enjoyable. So kids may open up more at bedtime. I have a 12, 10, and six-year-old and my two girls, 12 and 10, as soon as it's bedtime, it's time to talk. They wanna talk. So. That right there to me is saying, hey, this is a perfect time to talk about the Bible, to go over our Bible, st Bible study with them. And then I've got a six-year-old who, while he may want to talk, he's a little bit grumpier at bedtime, so I have to back his up a little bit. But I do all of my kids, I usually do their Bible time at, around bedtime. And then um, I have found that after school is not usually the best time either because they are tired. Well, if your kids go to public school, if you homeschool, do it during the day, make it a class. Um, and then the last part I wanted to include here is have fun. They are kids, they, it is okay to have fun with the Bible. They learn when they're having fun. And um, you can do things like act out the story that you're doing, use toys or stuffed animals. My kids' beds are stuffed with stuffed animals. So I could just grab a stuffed animal and this could be, you know, Moses in the story and have fun with your kids. They'll, rem they'll remember more probably whenever you're ha having fun. Do hand motions to remember stuff or make up songs. So like with Lincoln, and I'll go over this gospel plan for us too. I'll, I'll do hand motions with him, like all of these things. Like I'll say crown and sin. You know, um, I feel like it helps him remember more. So don't be scared to have fun with the Bible. All right, what do I need? Here's some real practical for you. Age-appropriate Bibles for your child. So if you have, these are the ones that I would recommend, but we also have some on the table over here. So after this class, if you want to go look at the table and figure out what, just look through these Bibles and figure out what you like. So these are, this is for zero to two-year-olds. This is a big picture story Bible. So whenever they're younger, you're probably going to choose a story Bible. The thing that I would tell you to choose about a story Bible would be a story Bible that always points back to Jesus. You want the big picture to be a part of it, okay? Um, you, don't, you want to teach them from an early age that the stories that they're learning are not just random stories. They're not, they all lead back to Jesus. This is my absolute favorite, is the Jesus Storybook Bible. For a storybook Bible, this would be the one that I would choose. I put two to five-year-olds on here. Some people say that two-year-olds is too young for their kids, and that's okay. You can choose a younger Bible but I used it with my toddlers. I used it with my two-year-olds throughout, and that is my absolute favorite. And then as you progress, 
With, as your kids get older, once they start reading, you're gonna wanna go ahead and move them to a full text Bible. You want the entire text to be in there so you can actually teach them how to study the text of a Bible. Our goal is for them to be independent on their own, right? So you wanna eventually get to them to be independent. You don't want them reading the story Bible as an adult. <laughs> Wait, hold on. That's, no, you don't. That's for sure you don't. Okay, I mean, unless they have kids. So this is my favorite one that I will say, the one big story Bible. It's a CSB is the version, which I like CSB and ESV. In our big church, we use ESV, and most of the time in kids' ministry, we use ESV. But for our key passages, we always use CSB because the songs for our curriculum are CSB, and we don't want, we just make it easy. Um, so the Gospel Project for Kids is our curriculum. It is an amazing curriculum that goes from Genesis to Revelation in three years. So our kids hear stories all the way through Genesis to Revelation. They always tie in Jesus. They always tie in the big picture. It's an awesome curriculum. And we've been using it for a good five or six years now. It's a really great curriculum. The reason that I like this one big story Bible is because this Bible actually ties, it, it has some of the similar words. It'll say, what's the Christ connection? That just means, how does Jesus fit into this story? It'll call the big picture questions the big, big questions. Um, it was actually meant to go with the curriculum from the previous three years. So a lot of the pictures look very similar too. So that's why I like that one the best. They don't have an up-to-date version because the Gospel Project's not the one that made that Bible, but it's a great Bible. And then here is another full text Bible for um, same age, just a different version if you like the ESV. Those are two. And I have several over there that, you, that I really love. So you can look through all of the, those. Um, pick a Bible that your kid's going to love too. Like if you need them to help pick it out, let them help pick it out. Um, and then the ESB Kids Bible for 8 to 12 year olds. And then the Student Study Bible. I actually have that Bible that I use at work because it's got like the commentary at the bottom. My favorite adult Bible is the ESV Study Bible for an adult, but it's huge. And I don't carry it around. Um, but that one is my second favorite. Like, I use that myself. All right, so what do I do? This is the fun part. So this is the resource that you guys are going to take home, and I'm going to go ahead and start passing it around. I'm going to get some, some um, sweet friends. I knew it. To pass these around. Y'all can take one per family. If you, um, you can take one per family home. However, if you want to just look at, see, director, director of passing out things to you. Um, take one per family, but if you need two to look at now, go ahead and take two to look at, and you can put it back at the end. So this is what we call our Family Discipleship Guide, or our FDG. Um, this is specific to Emmaus parents, so we made this for you guys. Um, if you follow this guide within a week, you will have gone through sharing the gospel with your child every single week, doing an inductive Bible study, which I'll share with you exactly what that is if you're not familiar with your kid every week, the doctrines of the Christian faith. So those, if you've heard of catechisms, it's the same thing, big picture question and answers or what the gospel project calls it. You will worship through music. You will memorize scripture, prayer, and serving every single week all of those things are something that you would have gone, you will go through if you go through this. So here are the details. This is a continuation of what your kids learn on Sunday mornings. So they come here to the kids' ministry, and you go home, and you're usually like, what'd you learn? Right? Well, this will take it even further. This will help you to actually do a Bible study with them. It'll help you share this, the LifeWay app with them and how they can watch the Bible story again. They can listen to the key passage song. But this is a continuation of what they learn on Sunday mornings. And we have broken it down by day. So it's Sunday through Saturday. Please know that this isn't something that you have to be legalistic about. If you don't do every day, it's okay. Nobody's, nobody's judging you. This is just to equip you. I want to help you the best that I can. So there's four parts to this. For every single day, you will have four different parts. Reading the Bible, using the LifeWay app, going deeper, and praying with your kid. The one thing that I will say, if you only do one thing out of this guide, I'm going to tell you to do what? 
Read the Bible. I love it. Y'all are so smart. It's highlighted. She says it's highlighted. <laughs> You're still smart. <laughs> okay. So I'll share a little bit about me. I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't grow up learning all, all the stories that our kids learn in children's church. Like, I just didn't, I didn't know them. So in my 20s, when I started following Jesus, I really had a heart for reading the Bible. Like, I really wanted to do it so bad. But I felt really, really intimidated by this big old book. And I was like, how do I do it? What do I do? And I started reading and just started reading. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I'm confused. So then Matt, can, my husband can tell you, I went out and bought every version of it that there possibly was and was like, surely one of these versions is going to help me learn how to read my Bible. But what I found was that until I got my ESV study Bible, I really um, was only reading the Bible and not studying the Bible. So whenever I started actually studying the Bible is when I started really growing in my knowledge and growing in my heart, like my passion for reading the Word. The more that God was teaching me through the study of the Bible, the more I wanted to do it and the more I just was confident in myself. Like my intimidation turned to intrigue and my, I don't, my passion for it just grew more and more. Like I already had a heart for it. I knew I wanted to do it, but now I like, I yearn for it. I want to do it more and more every day. So this is why my, I wanted to show you guys how to actually study the Bible. And in turn, hopefully you guys will show your kids how to actually study the Bible and not just read the Bible. My favorite way to do this is an inductive Bible study. So you've got four parts, or really just three, because you always read. So super easy to remember. You read, observe, interpret, and apply. Those are your four parts that you do. You're going to read no matter what. So really just three. You've got this. So let's think about it. You pick a portion of the text for your kids to, to read. The text that you guys are hopefully going to read with them. You don't, have to, you don't have to do this as a continuation of the Sunday, Sunday mornings. But... This is helping you. So on your page, on your, you guys have seen these, right? Are they laying around your house? Are they in your trash can? Uh-huh. I won't make you raise your hand. I won't. I would have to be there with you. After I use them, they go in the trash. All right. So if you turn your page over, most of them, they'll tell you right here where you're reading from. Daniel 3. So this says Daniel 3. So Daniel 3, that's an entire chapter. Right? Are we going to read the entire chapter to our kid? No. They ain't going to listen to that. So we have to pick a portion of the text, right, to read to our kids. So we're just picking a small portion of the text to read to them on your child's age and education level. If you have two kids that are very close in age, know that the Gospel Project, all the way from one year to sixth grade, we do the same lesson, just at different levels. Um, but if you have kids that are close, to, close in age, you could do it together with them. I would say shoot for the higher education level. Teach higher than teach lower. Um, so you'll find the text on your activity sheet, and then you can also find it on these. Have you guys seen these? Okay. You'll get a new one in a couple of weeks for volume six. You can find this passage on here as well. It says it right here, Daniel 3. This is volume six, so that's not what we're doing today. But um, So I am going to run you through... As in preparing for this class, I wanted to teach you guys about the parable of the sower so you guys could see how important Jesus thought the Word of God was and what Jesus was talking to with his disciples. And I wanted to talk to you through this. So I thought, what better way to teach you an inductive Bible study than to teach you at the same time as doing this Bible, the inductive Bible study with you. So that's what we're going to do. In order to do this, I'm going to act like the parent. You're going to act like the kid. Y'all are my really, really highly intelligent kids, right? Because y'all are adults, really. Um, so what I would do with my kid who knew how to read, I would let them read it to me. That way, they are, they are learning to do it by themselves, right? You want them to eventually do it by themselves. So I'm going to ask somebody to read. I have two different slides. So if two people would read, just raise your hand. Don't be shy. Go for it. When a great crowd was gathering and people from the town asked 
And people from town after town came to him. He said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a new fold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear. Okay, so I'll pause there just for a second because depending on your kid's age level, you could totally stop there. You could grab something out of this text and teach your kids, right? Because y'all are so smart, we're going to keep going. And I feel like y'all are at the level where we can, I can teach a little bit higher. So I'm going to keep going. And if somebody can read this second, the second part of the passage. Anybody? Y'all got this. Thanks, Jason. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit is not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit. Thank you. I know y'all see the low battery thing, too. Um... So, being that y'all are a little bit higher educated than than kids, but I will say, like, I feel like my my oldest, definitely my 12-year-old, my 10-year-old could probably read all of that to you, and they could understand it um, as we read it. But then you're going to break it down for them. So, the next thing you're going to do, is this in the way of you? The next, the, so you read, right? That's, that's step one. Then you're going to observe. The observation part of this is strictly asking the who, what, where, when, and grabbing it straight from the text. You don't have to grab it from anywhere else, just grab it straight from the text. So if we had our Bibles open, we could, we could answer these first two questions, well, this first question pretty easily. Who is speaking? Who's talking in this? Here's our who. Jesus, very good. So the next thing I want to show you, which I just love, is open your books, your FDGs to the very back, and we're gonna see when is this? When is this happening? So we know that this is during Jesus' ministry, right? He's talking to the disciples. So let's find on our handy-dandy timeline here where this is. We know it's New Testament, so we're over here, and we're looking right here where the, 12 disciples, where the, where the disciples and Jesus are. That's, his, that's where we are in the timeline. This timeline will hopefully help you teach your kids how everything flows. This is the timeline of all of all of this chronological chronological timeline so that's the win your family discipleship guide will also walk you through every single time you can it'll on one of your days on Thursday I think it is it says show your kids where this is in the timeline and the Bible story that you're doing that day you just go to the back and look it up show them where it is show them where we are the cool thing about this if you feel int intimidated by a timeline and you're thinking I don't know when that took place I have no idea all you have to do is find one and we go in order so then you're all in order, right? It's a little hint for you if you feel a little bit of intimidation. All right, so who is, who is he speaking to? I've given y'all some clues up here of who he's speaking to, and we're giving, getting it straight from the text, so it's an easy answer. Disciples, crowd, good. One part, he's only speaking to, to the disciples, right? And then another part, he's speaking to the crowd or people from town after town. That's who he's speaking to. That's the who part. That's the observation part. And then there's so many different ways that you can teach these verses. But my way to teach you, because I want you guys to know how important the Word of God is and the Bible is. This is, about, this is what this class is about. Um, I'm, this is what I'm pulling out of it. That's what's cool about the Bible. When you're teaching your kids, you can pull out anything that you want, anything that's in this, in this, and you could read it day after day and probably pull out something different. So it also tells us, it says, what do we know for sure? The seed is the word of God. Yeah. 
So Jesus is telling us that the seed is the word of God. So that's observe. But because y'all are super highly intelligent people, we're going to go a little bit further with the observe. We could stop there with our kids, right? If they're just to that level with observation, but we're going to go further. So there's four paths that it fell along. Fell along the path and the birds devoured it. That's your observe part. Then I'm going to be really silly with y'all because we have kids and I told y'all y'all should have fun with it, right? So I'm going to think in my head and I'm going to say the birds devour it and I'm going to show my kids the birds and then they devoured it. And then the interpretation part was that the, Satan took it away and they don't believe. Like that's, what, that's what it means when the birds devoured it. So it's sad, you know. So that's what I would do with my kids. And then it fell on rocky ground. So it grew up and withered away. So you can see my little things growing up. Growing up and then it withered away. So I'm going to say it withered away. And hopefully my kids will do it with me. Grew up and withered away. And you guys are going to remember me every time you read this passage <laughs> now. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so what does it actually mean? They believed for a little while and then fell away when they, when they were tested. And as I was reading the scripture, I just kept thinking about those high schoolers and college-age kids and adults who they knew the word at one time, right? They, they, they got it at one time, but then when they were tested, they fell away. And then you've got the thorns. So you've got the thorns, and then they grew up alongside it, but they choked it. So you choked it. Yes, we're teaching our kids to choke. <laughs> I know. The Bible says it, right? I'm just teaching that. And then we interpret that. What does it mean that it choked it? That's hard to understand sometimes. God, Jesus pretty much tells us in the next verses, but we can take it a little bit further. So they're interested in the word, but the, the pleasures of the world are what chokes it away. The pleasures of the world takes it away. Um, so their fruit doesn't mature. It says they have fruit, but it doesn't mature. So those are where we don't want our kids to fall, right? We don't want ourselves to fall there. We don't want to be that. We want to be rooted in the word. So this is how you, this is the good soil. They grew and yielded a hundredfold. And then they became spiritually, they grew up. So they grew up spiritually um, and became spiritually mature, consistently attentive and honest. They listened with a good heart. That's the key. Saying that out loud for y'all for later. Good heart. They bear fruit with patience and perseverance. So the question I have for you, and I know y'all can answer it because y'all are highly intelligent people, um, is who's the sower in this? This is an interpretation question because it doesn't really tell us in these specific verses. The sower is this. Who do you, so the sower sows the seed, which is the word of God. The sower gives the word of God to these people who are hearing it. So who is that? Yes, I love it. Really, it's anybody who is going to teach the word of God, right? But you as parents are called to train your kids in the word of God. Y'all are so smart. I knew you would get it. Um, and then you've got a little bit further, or I call this a little bit further because I've already taught y'all through the whole thing. But you know how we stopped at that first part of the passage? We could have pulled out this one verse to teach our kids. We could have just pulled out that and just taught them this part. Um, it says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So I have another interpretation question. This, isn't, this one's a little bit um, deep. You have to think a little bit deeper on this. Who has ears to hear? Who is it that Jesus is talking about? Okay. Ones who accept it. Good. So the ones who have ears to hear are the ones who are not hard-hearted towards the word, but are soft-hearted or accept it. Good. I like that. And it's those who are humble towards the word. And this includes our kids, y'all. It's not just us. It's talking about our kids, too, who are humble towards the word. I don't know about you, but I see a lot of humility in kids. I mean, have you ever apologized to a kid for something that you've done? And they're the first thing, they're like, I forgive you. And they're done. They're back playing five seconds later. And then, you know, me as an adult might be a little bit different. I might be mad for a little while, you know. That's, our kids are humble. Um, so this is, the, this is where we get to the apply part. Um, we know our kids are humble. When, well, I, I do when I apologize. I feel that humility. But let's see what the Bible says about our kids being humble. This is when the disciples are asking Who's the greatest, you know, in their pridefulness? 
And, he, and Jesus says, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So this is where we can get your apply. Now, whenever you apply your verses in, in real life, you don't have to cross-reference. I just cross-reference because this is a class. I want to teach you scripture. You don't always have to cross-reference. If, if you think of something that applies to the verse that you're reading, apply that. That's perfectly fine to you. Um, so what the question you can ask to apply, what can I do to change? How can I apply this to my life? So for this one, we would humble ourselves and realize that our children are humble toward the word of God and we want to teach them while they are young. We want to instruct them in the word because we know they're humble. We want to teach them that word. So that is the inductive Bible study. If you have questions later, feel free to ask. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, hopefully um, you will not feel intimidated by it. And one thing that I will say is that I just walked through an, an entire big passage and a whole study with you. But with your kids, you have an entire week to go through this. So Monday you read, Tuesday you observe, Wednesday and Thursday you interpret, and Friday you apply, wherever that was. There you go, Friday you apply. So know that it's not gonna look like what it just looked like with me with a kid because the kids are not quite as highly intelligent as you guys, right? So. And I say that just to say that y'all are highly intelligent, not because your kids aren't. Um, but know that you have the whole week to do it. And not only do you have the whole week to do it, but this family discipleship guide will tell you everything to ask your kid. I mean, this is a great resource for you to use, reading it straight word from word right here. And then the second thing is the Lifeway app. And I am going to pull out my phone to show you this Lifeway app. The Lifeway app goes through the Gospel Project. Um, it goes with the Gospel Project. What did that say? 4462? Oh, it already did it. Look at there. First, I'm going to show you where it is. So this is what the Lifeway app looks like. So you will first, that part of the app is free. And then once you get to this part, you will purchase the volume. I would wait a couple of weeks to purchase, or you can purchase volume six now, but we start volume six in December. So I would just wait till that. If for any, if you need um, assistance in paying for that, or you just want the church to pay for it, we will pay for it because we feel like that it is a great way to equip you as parents. So I'm gonna click on this as there's for iPhone and iPad. I actually have it on my um, son's iPad and I also have it on my phone. So you will look on your activity sheet for what unit and lesson we are in. Unit right here, unit 16, lesson one. You get these all the time. Lesson one, we also send out newsletters where those will, that will be on there. And we send them email and you can grab one by the check-in desk. So you, so you should always know what unit and lesson we're on. So I'm just gonna go to what we did, what we're on today. We're on unit 15. You have several different things on here. You have your key passage song, which is really awesome to help them memorize the key passage, um, your actual key passage, and they, act, they do both versions, so you can do either one. We, whenever they recite it to us, we're good with either one. And then you have um, the big picture question and answer, which I'll go over that a little bit later, and then, and I'll also go over the gospel later, which is an awesome tool as well. But then as you click into the, into the each session, so this is what we do each Sunday, so this Sunday, this is what we're doing, you can play games, you can color. My kid asks for coloring every single night. And then you have questions to ask. So in your family discipleship guide, it'll tell you on like Wednesday, ask these questions. This is where you find them, or you can find them on your activity sheet. Um, it's just a really good tool. And then you also can watch the exact Bible story video that your kids saw in class. So you're not clueless as to what they're telling. You know, sometimes they'll say, this is what happens, and so and so and so and so. Or if they get confused with which character we're talking about, um, you can go on there and see, okay, they really meant David. They didn't mean Moses or whatever it is. Yeah, so it's really good. Um, it's a really great tool, y'all. So that's the second part of this. Let me stop this. Sorry, there's a little bit of a lag in this. 
it's I want to say 99 cents for the for the iPhone, but a dollar 99 for the iPad. That that's a great question. We're about to see. Everybody wait for it. All right. So that's the Lifeway app. Volume 6 starts in December. Great, great resource. I will tell you, this is a really, really good resource for those younger kids. For those toddlers who you're like, I don't know, they're not listening to me, read this Bible to them. Just to get them in the, in the habit of sitting down and having that daily Bible time, this is a great way to start it and then, you know, continue on with reading their Bible with them. It's really awesome. And then the third part, so every day I said you had four parts. So Sunday you have four parts, Monday, every day is four parts, reading the Bible, using the Lifeway app, and then going deeper. So if you're in this class and you're like, look, I read the Bible with my kid, I can't believe I'm here, what happened? This is for you. So I know we have all different types of, we have spiritual maturities that are, you know, way past my spiritual maturity. And then we have people who haven't even started reading their Bible. So I am doing this for people who are in all, all levels, not only with spiritual maturity, but also age of your kids. So going deeper, this part is just takes you a little bit further, a little bit deeper than just reading your Bible with your kid. So we have something called big picture questions and answers. These big picture questions and answers are doctrines of our Christian faith sometimes known as catechisms. We call them big picture question and answer because that's what the Gospel Project calls them. Um, your, kids, your kids actually learn these anyway. They actually um, learn, what is it, one per unit, so maybe 36 in three years? I don't know, math. I'm not supposed to do math in front of people on stage. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know. They do a lot, but they don't do all of them in here. So your kids should be able to answer the big picture question and answer each unit because they go over it, you know, several times, several Sundays in a row. But if you want to take it further, you can actually do this with them as well. You can go even further. So for an example, one of the preschool ones, and they have a kid version and a preschool. K and P means kid and preschool. That's preschool is usually under school age and then kid is elementary. Who created everything? And it says God created everything. So they should know the question and the answer. Just doctrines of our Christian faith is a really great way for you to go deeper with your kid. And then um, you've got your Spotify playlist that I told you about. And not only do you have your Spotify playlist, but in the very back of your book, you will see some resources for you. I've given you Bible resources if, in case that um, you leave here and you're like, what did she say? And then this music right here. So this Hidden in My Heart CD is a great CD for um, young, young kids. And then you've got the next two are Seed Family Worship CD and Jumpstart 3. Those two are specific. They are just scripture. They sing scripture to your kids. So I would highly recommend those if y'all want music um, or the Spotify playlist that I said earlier. And then serving, it'll teach you how to serve in here whenever you go deeper. Not teach you how to serve, but like help you in a sense of if you're serving or if you're not serving, but talking to your kids about serving. Are you finding joy in serving? Talking to your kids about, you know, let's talk about what our, if you're serving here at church on Sunday, let's talk about what that looked like. Did we enjoy it? Are we finding joy in what we, in, in serving? And then the gospel is what I wanted to talk to you about as well. This is an awesome resource for you that you can grab on your way out. So if you'll flip to Thursday, this is where you can follow along with me. It's under the Lifeway app part. So this is on your Lifeway app. But just in case you guys don't download this Lifeway app, I definitely want you to leave with this resource. And there's two different ones. There's a kid version and a preschool version. So I told you the number one thing that you can do to most highly influence your kid was read the Bible. And I encourage you to do that every single, like that is what you do. If you do nothing else, do that. I also encourage you to do this too. Even though I said I was just going to tell you to read the Bible, this is part of the Bible anyway. So do this too. This is sharing the gospel with your kid. So on Thursday, it encourages you to do that um, anyway. So if you follow the guide, you'll do it. But I wanted to show you what it was. So God, uh, this is for preschoolers. And the, the Gospel Project did two different ones because 
it says that preschoolers might not be ready to respond to the gospel. And that's the last step on the kid version is the respond. So they take off the respond part for the preschoolers because they're a little bit young for that. So that's why you have two different ones. If you have a preschooler one and if you have a preschooler and a kid, like an elementary kid, grab both of them. They're right here on the table. When you leave, you can grab them. I encourage you to grab them on your way out. But this is one of those things, seeing this reminds me of like whenever I was doing the motions with Lincoln, whenever I'm walking through the gospel with him, I'll say, God is king. You know, we have sinned. You do your ex. We have sinned. God sent Jesus. There's the cross. And then Jesus loves. Or I, I will get him to make up motions because he likes making up motions too. I forget what he said. Oh, send a gift. He made a gift. He said a gift. So I was like, that's perfect. So anyways, I love this resource for you guys because sometimes we clam up whenever we, we start talking about the gospel. This is a great way to not clam up. Just go grab this sheet and read it to them. Make up motions with it. Sing and dance to it. I don't care. Just do it, right? All right. And then the fourth part, so you have your four parts of the, the, the FDG. And the last part is praying with your child. So what we've done is just to encourage you to pray with your kid and give you, we've, we've actually given you two times to pray. So you'll pray before your Bible study. And I've given you verses that you can look up and read scripture as you're praying before. You want to pray for God's wisdom, pray for you to have an open heart to hear, open ears to hear, and then pray for others to benefit from your word as well as you. But then at the, at the end of your day, let me find it, you're also going to see part of the Lord's Prayer. So I've broken down the Lord's Prayer and just given you ideas of what to pray that goes right along with the Lord's Prayer. So hopefully this will encourage you to pray with your kid the way Jesus taught us to pray. And Rebecca, who is our, I told you we had an associate director who is Rebecca. She is awesome and has created a um, digital print, a print for you not digital. Is it digital? Whatever. Y'all get it, right? This is a print. You get it. <laughs> she has created a print for you that is the Lord's Prayer that you can put in an 8x10 frame. So it can look like this in your, I know, isn't that sweet? So you guys can pass that along. One per family to take um, with you just as, so you, you can hang it on your wall and be reminded of prayer and praying with your kids. So, I've gone through the book, and if you have questions, I will definitely leave time for questions at the end. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the process of your kids learning to do this on their own. So I have three different age kids, 6, 10, and 12. Technically, they all do something different. Um, and my six-year-old, I am laying there with him. I'm reading. He's, he is a very beginning reader. So if he started reading, it, we wouldn't understand it because, you know, he's trying to sound out words. So right now, I read everything to him. So I would say, toddler on up to reading, you're gonna read everything to him. You're gonna be the one asking the questions. You're gonna be the one leading as a parent-led thing. But as they get older, you wanna start giving them some ownership in it. You wanna start letting them ask you questions, letting them lead the Bible, Bible study for you. And you want to start turning this over to them to where eventually, so with my fifth grader, she has a Bible study that she's doing and it's a, you know, we've gotten to the point where instead of me reading every night to her, I will read it once a week to her, let her do her Bible study on her own, come back to it, ask her questions about it. So you'll eventually get to that. So you want to you wanna have the end in mind. It's going to look different for every single kid. My 12-year-old, um, she actually goes to ICON, who's, which is the student ministry here. Matt is our student pastor. Matt, say hello. Um, he has actually come up with an inductive Bible study of James, and they are going through James. And she is the type of kid that she ha she's one of those routine kids. Y'all have routine kids where they have to do something? Or it's, mm-hmm, yeah. So they, she has to do her Bible study at night, a bunch of other things too, but her Bible study is part of it. Um, and so I know she's doing it, and I'll just ask her randomly, hey, tell me what you're learning, and we can just have a regular conversation like like you would maybe with your friend or maybe with you know we can have that kind of conversation with her um but with Raina I'll ask I'll I'll actually read to her. Raina is my 10 year old I'll actually read to her and let her work through her 
study on her own. I would encourage you to have the end in mind and in a sense that like, know that you're working towards them being independent on reading their Bible. Know that from the beginning and then let them, you know your kids better than I do, let them start teaching you. So that is my, my spiel on that. And then I wanted to share with you, if you guys wanted even more on discipleship, um, in January, Brian is going to be um, doing a class. I'll be a little bit of a part of the class, just a tiny bit. It's called Winter Study. It's in Winter Studies. It's kind of like summer specials, but it's only going to be three weeks. And um, this is a discipleship at home class where you can explore the habits necessary to cultivate healthy spiritual growth in your family. So this is going to be an awesome class that Brian is teaching um, in January. So just look out for that. Announcements will be made for that very soon. Um, and I think that's it. Okay, well, I would love to pray for you guys before y'all go. And I'm here if y'all feel like y'all want to just ask me a personal question and not something for everybody. Um, I'm, I'll hang around and answer your questions. All right, dear God, thank you so much for these parents who just love their kids and want to disciple them, Lord. I pray that, that they will just leave here encouraged I pray that they will leave here on fire for your word and just want to know your word more and want to teach their kids your, your word more. I pray, Lord, for their hearts to just be softened to you and for their kids' hearts to be softened to you. And I pray that um, much discipleship would be done from these parents, not only from them, but they will teach their kids how to become disciples as well and teach their kids how to be independent learners, Lord. I thank you so much for this opportunity and... Um, I just thank you for these parents. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Mm -hmm.